The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads. They are the champion's choice, with many bands around the world playing G1 products, including two-time world champions in Vararian District. So check out G1Reads.com as they keep the lights on here at the Big Rap Show podcast. Well, hello there everyone and welcome to another Big Rab Show podcast. <laughs> yeah, now if anything straight off the bat before we get into the introduction and everything, can I just say that last week's episode was quite the bombshell? <laughs> um, yeah, I really did not expect half of the reaction that we got for last week's episode. So many of you got in contact with us. After last week's episode dropped, and yeah, before we get into anything on this week's podcast, I just wanted to get it straight out the door at the very beginning. Thank you to everyone who got in contact with us following last week's episode. Now, I have to say that Hater Meal, we don't get it regularly. We don't get Hater Meal like that each and every week and each and every day, but we do get a selection of it over a course of months and years and all the rest. So that show was just basically to let you see the kind of stuff that we get, you know, well, in that case, it was over a number of weeks. Um, we did have some references to emails we got back in November and December of last year. So we do get a body of hate mail, but we don't get an awful lot of it. We don't get in a whole slew of hate all the time. A lot of you guys listening to the podcast right now love what we do and are big supporters of the show. And we love each and every one of you for clicking on download. So even before we get into anything, I just wanted to say a massive, massive thank you to everyone. The outpouring of love and support from you guys has just been kind of insane this last while. It's been, Yeah, this past week has just been full of glowing reports uh, just saying... All sorts of wonderful things. So thank you to everyone for all your support. We really appreciate you guys. But honestly, we we do appreciate the naysayers as well. And the people who do give us honest criticisms. We appreciate those guys too. We do welcome criticism. We are very, very open to being wrong. You know, we have a section on the show. Stuff that rap got broke. You know, we do it each and every week here on the podcast. So... Yeah, if you do have criticisms or anything like that, please don't feel that we're going to be bringing you to an episode called Hater Mail. We did get some emails back from people saying, you read my email on your show called Hater Mail. And uh, they took exception to that. And yeah, we're quite affronted by the whole thing. And we're actually quite embarrassed by their behavior on some of them. Uh, So a lot of people, I think, perhaps wrote those emails... um, after a few jars of Dutch courage, I think, and then perhaps regretted their actions. Uh, so that kind of answers a lot of questions on some of the emails we got. Um, so to everyone, before we get into all the thick of it, I just really wanted to say thank you. We've got so much support over this last week since last week's episode dropped. I don't know. Honestly, has just been a bombshell in the <laughs> in our experience in podcasting and radio broadcasting and all that sort of stuff. We've never seen a reaction like that. And probably will not see it again for a good while. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to get that out the door. Okay, as I kick my stool out of the way. Yes, <laughs> let's go through the introduction, shall we? And let's get into this week's podcast. The reason why you tuned in in the first place. Yes, 
We are the show for the bagpiping folk. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it or near it at all, we are the show for you. Reflecting everything in the bagpiping world, be it Celtic music, folk music or our bread and butter, which is competitive piping and drumming. Yeah, we are the show for you. Now, don't forget, if you'd like to help support the show, you can do. And a lot of you actually have been recently. We actually noticed a bit of a jump in our Patreon uh, subscriber numbers and stuff. So, yeah, like I said, we're like every other podcast out there. You can go and support us on Patreon. Each click over there on Patreon, you guys get tons of extra piping content. We're actually really proud of our work on Patreon at the moment. We've been knocking it out of the park over there. So, yeah, for your five bucks a month, you get access to tons of exclusive interviews, videos, and as well as our Fuse FM Bala Money catch up service. That's on there as well. So, yeah, it's an incredible service that we have loved doing since the start of lockdowns because we managed to bring you guys two hours worth of piping news, views, and music, which is really important. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to help support us, you can do. But if not, don't worry, like you heard on last week's episode of Hater Mail, um, stop bashing you with the Patreon thing, and we will, but just letting you know that it's there and that we love our hashtag Patreon Faithful. Also, don't forget to check out our website where we have ongoing promotions with the guys at the Piper's Dojo. Yes, we are still having our online promotion with the Piper's Dojo. We have the brand new tuning clinic, uh, Learn to Tune Your Pipes Like a World Champion, uh, which is a four-part video series teaching you how to tune your bagpipes on your own without the use of a meter, you know, one of those electronic doo-wackies. Um And yeah, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. I have used this series myself and honestly, it's really, really good. And even now that I'm only still just kind of getting used to playing now, I've used the techniques that I have learned through this tuning program and honestly, it's paying dividends. So it's fantastic. So, and that's absolutely free, by the way. So for listeners to the Big Rab Show podcast, you can go now. Onto our website, bigrabshow.com, or thebigrabshow.com, I should say. Give it the full title. Thebigrabshow.com forward slash dojo. And you can check out our promotions. So that tuning clinic is on there, and that's completely free. Go and have a look at it. Also, uh, we are giving 30 days of dojo premium for $1 sign-up fee. So there you are. Well worth considering, trust me, because after 30 days, you will notice an improvement in your plan. Guaranteed. Uh, but if you don't and you're not happy with the service, then fine, you haven't lost anything really. You haven't really spent much. Um, so there you go. 30 days of Dojo Premium, the whole paywall drops and you get access to everything. All of your online lessons, your live lessons for that matter as well, which are brilliant. And also you get personalized tuition with some of the guys working at the dojo, so which is really useful. Also, yeah, you get all the Facebook groups and all of that stuff. There's just so much. So yeah, go and take it for a test drive, take it for a spin. And if after 30 days you don't like it, then fine, grand, you know what I mean? Nothing lost. But if you decide to keep it on, then yeah, we dare say your plan will improve over a number of weeks and months by using the guys at the Piper's Dojo. Awesome source. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the actual meat and the bones of the podcast, shall we? Each and every week, we start our podcast with listener mail. Now... We did get a lot of listener mail following last week's podcast, and rather than turning an entire episode into just reading listener mail, uh, which we could do easily, we got so much coming in from you guys, uh, we just, I think I I shall read a selection, I think. Uh, So apologies to everyone whose email we might not read out on this week's episode, 
But honestly, I think it was because of the bombshell we dropped last week. <laughs> the sheer volume of stuff that we got in was insane. So, yeah, we'll just we'll fly on, shall we? We'll go through these. Uh, shout out to Aaron Kimsey, by the way. Aaron, you're a legend, sir. He says, what's going on, Big Rab? I meant to write in uh, for this week's listener mail about last week's hater mail episode. I wonder what those people who wrote about the RSPBA are thinking now. With the censoring and deleting of comments. Yeah, that's been raised actually, Aaron, by not just yourself, but a number of people uh, who had commentary and stuff about their, you know, ourselves and our coverage of what the RSPBA are doing. And, you know, far be it from me to tell you what to think, but you should draw your own conclusions and... I think they may have egg on their face, um, you know, with deleting comments, censoring people, and not allowing pipers and drummers to have a voice of any kind. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk more about the AGM and the outcomes and stuff. There's, that's all in the piping news this week. But I do think uh, perhaps our association could, you know, be more open, I suppose, to two-way communication, I reckon. Uh, but, hey, do you know, we've spoke about this until we're blue in the back, I think. So, Aaron, thank you for your email, mate. Uh, we also got another email in here. Uh, moving on. Uh, this is from Jim Williamson, good friend of the show. Jim, you legend! All right, let's read Jim's uh, email. It says, I just listened to last week's Hater Mail pod, and I can only theorize that the coronavirus is sucking intelligence and common, common sense out of people's heads. <laughs> Strong words, Jim. He says, uh, If you want a video of your kids' first competition... Try asking a parent or spouse of someone else in the band. Don't ask the podcaster who probably has one and only one team member at the games. And that team member is probably competing him or herself. Yeah, quite right, Jim. I think we said that in the episode. You're quite right. Uh, So if you don't think the Big Rab Show features drum majors, you're not paying attention. (laughs) We'll talk about that in the piping news as well, Jim. That's to come. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he said, if you don't... Uh, let me see. I've skipped the paragraph. He said, if I had to drink a shot of Bushmills every time you've invited the RSPBA representative to be on the show, only to get no reply, I'd be drunk 24-7, 365. <laughs> yeah, you would do, Jim, yeah. Uh, he says, if, I, if you don't like lists which, in my experience, are always contest results uh, that I can't get elsewhere, then don't listen. Okay, thanks, Jim. He also says, if you don't find Rab entertaining, don't listen. Okay, well, yeah, that's a valid point. Uh, he also says, if you can produce a more entertaining, more informative, and more responsive podcast with hard-hitting opinions, then by all means do it. The world needs more good piping and drumming podcasts. If you can't quit complaining... There you go. Do some volunteer work. Call your mum and dad each week or go to go and do the big shop. There you go. I guess filling your time with other stuff. And if you can't express your frustration and anger on Rab's show and podcast without sounding like a drunken sailor, maybe you need help. <laughs> Ooh, oh dear. And maybe you need to keep it to yourself. Oh dear. Uh, P.S. If you think snare drums have slinkies on the bottom, please do not produce a podcast. Your time would be better spent talking or taking drum lessons. Oh, shots fired, Jim Williamson. What are you trying to do to me, Jim? Uh, yes, that is in reference to another premier piping podcast, which um, I'll be honest, I listened to an episode this week. 
um, completely out of interest because uh, the title of the podcast was How to Make a Podcast. And um, he, um, hmm. moving on. Uh, yeah, let's get into some more listener mail. We have an email here from uh, Dave and Kelly. Hello, guys. How are you? Uh, just want to pass along our best wishes to the Big Rab Show. Both Kelly and I enjoy your live streams, news updates, and podcasts. Ah, thank you, Dave. Thank you very much. He says, no one else has provided the top-notch coverage of events that are half a world away from us. We thank you for your efforts and greatly appreciate the quality of your show and presentations. Ah, isn't that lovely? It's clear you cannot please all people in our sphere of interest, but the vast majority, us included, deeply value your ongoing contribution to the piping and drumming world. Stay the course. In the long run, nobody remembers the naysayers. Cheers, Dave and Kelly. Ah, isn't that amazing? I t- we've got so much great emails. And this kind of gives you a bit of a flavour of the stuff that we're getting through. There's so much love and support for everything that us and the team are doing at the moment. And I think it was all direct result of last week's <laughs> last week's show. One last email, all right? And then we'll, we'll breeze through and we'll go into the actual news because there's a lot of it. Uh, we got an email here from James Stewart. Hey, James. And he says, Rab, what a gentleman you are. You took the time to address comments like this. Of course it did. Yeah. And we have always said it here before, and I said it at the very start of the show. We're the show for the piping folk. So if you guys are giving us these opinions, then of course we're going to reflect that. So yeah, of course we address them. And he says, oh my God, your show is a great resource for us piping fans worldwide. I have been a piper since age seven. I'm 55 years old now, and I've played in pipe bands ranging from grade five through to grade two. One hater was dismayed because your team did not stream her son's or his son's uh, band performance, primarily because they were having a watch party at their home. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We told this story. Uh, my beef with this is. Go to the bleeping games. (laughs) Uh, Support your loved one. Go to the Highland Games. Go to the Fish. Our venues need the support at the gate. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But I think in that case, that particular writer who wrote into us couldn't physically go. They couldn't actually be there. Uh, So that's a shame. Uh, Personally, in the years of piping individually and band, my own siblings have never bothered to come. Ah. Well, that's kind of rubbish, Jim. That's, yeah, don't like that at all. Uh, Personally, in the years of piping individually in bands, my own siblings have never bothered to come, and I love your good work, Rab. Persons who have been hurt, hurt others. Ah, there you go. Jamie Stewart. I think I called you James there, so apologies. Uh, Jamie Stewart, thank you, mate. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Now, like I said, we've got also tons of other emails that could possibly have become buried in there. And I can just tell just by looking at the inbox now, which I have right in front of me, I know for a fact that there's emails here I'm not reading. So, sorry guys. But honestly, there's far too many to mention. Yeah, just too many. Uh, Because honestly, it will be sitting here reading emails and reading emails and I need to get on with things. So, apologies to anyone's email I haven't read out um, because I know that was a complaint on hater mail. Um, (laughs) That episode that now shall live in empathy. Infamy. Empathy something different altogether. Um, infamy. Yeah, so, hmm, I guess. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, by the way, the whole start of this week's podcast just refers to it. So this will make no sense to you until you listen to last week. 
Anyway, okay, I wanted to start this week's piping news with giving a little bit of an update on ourselves at the Big Rab Show. Yeah, Rab Show. Being completely biased, of course, well, it's our show, so why not? I have to mention, our YouTube channel has been really churning out the goodness this last while. Yep, this past weekend we had the next video in our replay series. This one was from the UK Championships in Lurgan. Very, very soggy and wet, damp and horrible, Lurgan. And uh, yeah, the video itself was absolutely fantastic. We had introductions from Grade 1 pipe majors and lead tippers and members of the Grade 1 bands that were in the circle. It was simply brilliant. And I have to say a massive thank you to Craig Rogers, of course, from CSR Media who helped us out with some of the footage and everything for that video, but also to Andrew Shilliday and the rest of the guys at the Rab Show team who worked tirelessly on it. That video took forever to put together, and honestly, it came out as a work of art. So you guys, if you haven't watched it yet, if you haven't watched our UK replay, go and have a look at it. Honestly, I think it's about an hour and a half long, but it's an hour and a half worth of solid, amazing piping and drumming. Because that was the first time, I think, we heard Inverary's big medley, the one that had everybody talking, you know? That was their big unveiling of that medley performance. So, very entertaining stuff. So, guys, if you haven't checked that out, go along. Big Rab Show YouTube channel now. And, yes, please do click on subscribe. We are so close to hitting that magic 1,000 subscriber mark. Because once that happens, then the doors come off. And we get access to all the bells and whistles. And we're so excited to actually reach that because then we'll be able to up our content level for you guys over there. Uh, All sorts of shenanigans will be had on YouTube, so very excited for that. So if you haven't, click subscribe, go and check out the channel. It is well worth a look. There you go. Also, um, yeah, the Big Rab Show team, we are kind of busy in the kind of back room. We are redesigning and looking at our merch line. A lot of you guys actually have been complaining and asking, ah, I wanted to get a hoodie or I wanted to get a t-shirt or something. You know, and now you can't anymore. You don't sell it anymore. Yeah, that's true. We no longer sell merch. Used to be we sold hoodies, t-shirts, the tiles, which were very popular. Uh, We used to, yeah, we sold merch on our website, you know, in support of the show. Um, But we pulled all of it. It's all removed now. You can no longer get it. We did warn you at the time saying, hey, buy your merch now because, you know, the shop will close. And the shop has been closed now since the start of January. Um, So it's been a good long while, but we have been working behind the scenes. Now that we're all in lockdown, we have the time to do it. So we're now redesigning all of our entire merch line. And we do have some exciting new products to bring you guys on thebigrabshow.com. A lot of which, actually, I do think really quite awesome. I would use in a daily, (laughs) on the daily. So that's how I measure things. You know, would I wear this? Would I use this? So, that yeah, that's how I'm looking at our merch line. So, yeah, we are in the production stage, I should say. There's been a few kind of, what do you call them, prototypes and stuff bounced around here and there. So we're... We're getting there. So, yeah, just to let you know that we are working on our new merch line. It will hopefully be launching on the website soon. Just not right now, but we are working on it. So for those of you who have been looking for t-shirts, hoodies, all that sort of stuff, yeah, just, yeah, bide your time. We will have Rab Show merch up there as soon as we can, but we just want to make sure we get it right. We want to get the quality on point. We don't want to be giving you cheap rubbish that will just fall apart after two days. We want to give you real good quality stuff that you could use and you know something that would last you know as well so that being said that's what's happening also uh, just a bit of a personal update on behalf of myself i've been piping like a crazy person 
Yes, you guys may know that I have kind of been trying to make that transition from practice chanter onto Highland Pipes. And I've been practicing away this past solid two weeks every day for at least 30 minutes every day. And I find 30 minutes now is possibly my maximum because something weird is happening with me. And we'll possibly talk about this on a future podcast. Um, But I don't know whether I should admit to this or not. But I'm experiencing problems um, with my face, of all things. I seem to find that after 30 minutes of kind of blowing and tuning and trying to blow tone, trying to keep steady and all the rest, that after about a good half hour, my face turns numb. My, my face, especially around my mouth and my, you know, my, what do you call it, jawline, just aches and just becomes numb. And I actually find it physically impossible to play anymore. So I have to set the pipes down. The following morning, I'm waking up and my face is aching. It's like I've been at the dentist. And I'm wondering, what the heck am I doing to myself? And then, you know, I would message Andrew, my tutor, Andrew Shilliday, and i say, what am I doing? I, you know, I have absolutely zero stamina. I, I can't physically play the instrument for longer than 20, 30 minutes. What's going on? And Andrew... He chuckles to himself, he has a bit of a laugh and says, Ah, crap, it's all perfectly normal, don't worry, you'll build it up over time. So this is all totally new to me. You know, with drumming, you could sit quite happily and practice your way through your rudiments for hours. You know, and that's what I was used to. Elongated practice sessions where you could just work and work and work and work and never tire. So this is all new to me. Uh, I'm actually building new muscles I didn't know I had, apparently, in my face. (laughs) In my face! Um, so, it, yeah, I didn't know my face, um, had a six-pack that I need to work on. So, yeah, that's all sorts of interesting. So we'll possibly talk about that on a future podcast, uh, when we talk about the transition from practice chanter to Highland Pipes. And that's been an experience and a half for me. Um, so, yeah, continuing to practice away. I love playing at the moment. I just, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, both piping and drumming, I might add. I have an MSR learnt, uh, drumming-wise. I have a few couple of road, road scores and stuff. Just battering away. You know, after 30 minutes and my face goes numb on the bagpipes, then I lift the sticks for an hour. So, yeah, love it, love it. I've actually really been enjoying the time uh, just to play. And, you know, I'm just enjoying myself. Also, speaking of having time, yeah, I've mentioned it before. It's been a few times I've talked to you guys about the things I'm doing outside of pipe bands. And recently I've been enjoying Disney Plus, of all things. Yeah, Disney Plus. I know it's completely non-piping related, but I actually discovered the show Hamilton, which is a, a musical, which I've been hearing a lot about, you know, through social media and, you know, mates of mine and stuff that have seen it and saying, oh, Rab, you're into music. Have you ever seen Hamilton? I said, no, never heard of it. You know, it's got pipes in it. Nah, well then, why would I watch it? So, you know, I was bored one evening. My face was numb. <laughs> and I decided, ah, I'll put the, you know, the Disney Plus on and watch a bit of a, a movie that's brain bubblegum. Ended up watching Hamilton and man, where has this show been all my life? Honestly, I don't want to join everyone who's all a kind of like real fanboy and out over this thing, but the music in this is incredible. And the show itself, honestly, I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, I'm not an American history buff. I don't know much about you know, Alexander Hamilton and the founding fathers and all that stuff, the whole backstory. Yeah, if you are looking for a recommendation outside of piping, then go and check out Hamilton Musical. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I've actually watched it twice now. 
<laughs> and my daughter's now playing the soundtrack in the car. You know, whenever we go somewhere, it's brilliant. Uh, so I'm really enjoying it. There you are. All right, let's get into some actual piping stuff, Rob. Talking about Hamilton. What are you talking about, lad? All right, flying on. Let's get into the first news story, shall we? A young musician called Max Ray, who's a, a pupil of Dollar Academy and also a piper with Dollar Academy Pipe Band, current world champions, by the way. He's actually completed something really quite special. He's completed 100 nights of bagpiping through the month of March, through the month of April, and all of that through now into May. It's, uh, yeah, he's completed this 100 nights of piping and all to raise money <laughs> for an incredible cause. And I have to give him absolutely massive props for this because 100 sessions of playing bagpipes, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And the amount of money that he has raised as well is absolutely outstanding. Now, the reason why I'm talking about this in the first place is because Max's dad actually contacted the show and said, Hey, Rab, you need to have a look at this. And so it did and was absolutely blown away. There's been national media coverage and everything uh, from Max and showing all his efforts. To date, Max has actually managed to raise £9,192 for the Strathcarran Hospice. So that's the charity he's raising money for. Now, rather than just stop, you know, and just say, well, that's 100 nights done, I'm going to stop now. He's actually continuing. Apparently, his target is 12,900 quid, which apparently is the running costs for the hospice for one day. And that's his target. He hasn't reached it yet. He has completed his 100 nights. That's fine. He's done that. But he's only raised nine grand so far. When I say only nine grand, for goodness sake, that's a serious amount of money. But yeah, he is continuing on his journey, hoping to raise 12,900 quid. So you can check him out on social media, of course, he's known as Max the Piper. And he's only 15, you know, and whenever he was talked, well, interviewed about the completion of his 100 nights, he says, I am thrilled to have completed my 100 nights of piping to raise money for a worthwhile cause. It's been great fun, surprising so many people for their birthdays and celebrations. Um, I have really missed playing with the band during lockdown, but at least I've had plenty of practice on my pipes for next season. <laughs> yeah, you have indeed. Uh, so he says here, we are keeping the fund open and hope to raise £12,900, which is the cost, running cost of the hospice for one day. So Max, I have to say, from all of us in the Rab Show, well done, man. 100 nights, 100 performances, I should say, on the bagpipes. Not easy. You know, I've played now for two weeks, half an hour every night, and I'm knackered. Um, so yeah, 100 nights, that's a testament, man. That's, that's fantastic. And the amount of money that you've raised as well, absolutely amazing. So yeah, for those of you looking on information, of course, on how to donate money to Max and this amazing charity that he's raising money for, you can check out The Big Rab Show on Facebook and social media, all that stuff. We have the links and everything all up there. So it's well worth checking out. So shout out to Max Ray. Absolutely awesome. Okay. Getting into the next bit of news, the RSPBA. Yeah! Now, this will not be the first time we're mentioning them on the show. Uh, they actually dropped a bit of uh, a music board update. Yeah, the guys at the music board at RSPBA are continuing to meet. Um, now, this is kind of strange because our season isn't their season isn't happening, so they don't have their usual decisions to make over regrading. Normally around this time of year, that would be kind of a halfway through the season, kind of a review of everything. 
uh, they look at all the grades, every band's performance, and they think, is that band too strong to be in there? Or is that band, would they be better off if they were down a grade? You know, that kind of thing. So we do normally see a little bit of a mid-season rebalance. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. And so, yeah, we've now seen that our music board are now continuing to meet. However, they're not doing any regrading decisions as far as we're aware. Um, actually, what they did discuss was the World Solo Drumming Championship, the competition format, and all of that. So that was basically what they were talking about. So let's look at what they were talking about for the World Solo Drumming. Yeah, now I'm going to read verbatim here. <laughs> uh, the event has been under regular review, where the initial scenario planning has explored several options aligned to known restrictions. Your music board representatives can update you further on these. There you are. With the principal sponsors on board, the current venue, Glasgow Caledonian University, have just confirmed they have moved to a new working model with no external hire arrangements for October, November and January 2021 due to examinations. Okay, so that doesn't make any sense to me at all. I think they're basically talking about the venue. So, in other words, the next one, the paragraph says, further discussions have led to the proposed date of the 5th of December. Yeah, so the World Solo Drumming has now been postponed, by the looks of things, to a new proposed date of the 5th of December. So this is all sorts of interesting. Now, they're kind of putting the feelers out to all the competitors and stuff and asking them to kind of email in your thoughts and everything by the 24th of August. And, yeah, just letting them know whether they think this event will actually go ahead. You know, whether the competitors think it's safe, if the judges think it's safe, all that sort of stuff. So... It is a proposed date for the 5th of December. So we're hoping that it does still happen and we still get a world solo drumming. But, you know, obviously people's safety needs to be paramount here. So, yeah. Okay, moving on to the second thing that they discussed at their meeting was the competition format. Yeah, it was talked about for a while that we may actually have the introduction of concert formation here in the UK. Now, there has been a few competitions happening here in the UK in recent years, especially in Edinburgh, I think was the latest one, where they trialled concert formation, and it did work, in my opinion. Um, But, yes, the music board themselves... Reading verbatim again, they said proposals have been developed to pilot a static start option with the introductory phase of the performance. There you are. So that means basically bands will form up in concert formation and then just start without a march in. Now they're looking at this to actually be introduced to grade 4B and to novice juvenile B bands. And this will be done all through a consultation survey and hopefully will be carried out through this month. Um, So as part of reviewing this, they're also going to be looking at the Grade 1 format for the World Championships. Yeah, now this is all sorts of interesting as well. Apparently a load of, well, all Grade 1 pipe majors and lead drummers uh, will be looking out for an invitation to take part in an online video call with the music board themselves. They're all going to talk about the world's format at the world, so at Grade 1. Now, the reason why this is interesting is because we've already seen moves to the two-day format. We've then seen both days counting without a qualifier. So bands play on the Friday plus bands play on the Saturday. That's what we got last year. And honestly, we think that worked really well. It was obviously ultra stressful for all the bands because it means you have to play four really killer performances to actually come out on top. But as a spectator and possibly... You know, a neutral on the sideline, just excited about the whole thing, being myself, 
it was just it made the whole thing it made the Friday matter. And that's one thing I wanted to put across. The Friday at the Worlds for qualifying day it was always a bit of a non runner. It just the atmosphere wasn't right. But whenever there was, you know, that both days counted just as equally, then the Friday all of a sudden the excitement level ramped up. And the competitive nature of some of the bands as well also ramped up. So it was very interesting. So now that we see that they're possibly debating the introduction of mm, concert formation, and now we're seeing the possible introduction of changes to the Grade 1 format for the Worlds, this has huge implications for change. Now, as to what will happen following this video conference and what decisions will be made by the Music Board, we've yet to see. But basically... Yeah, to to summarise their entire meeting, they're looking at everything. They're taking advantage of this time now and actually taking on board everything that we were talking about in the Rab Show. They even hinted at a possible number cap and the restriction of numbers in Grade 1 bands and other grades as well. Um, If you're going to be playing in concert formation, they may well restrict the numbers on the competition field. Now that... Is something we've debated on the Rab Show now for years. The possible number cap. Should it be a good thing? Should it be a bad thing? Well, here we are now. The music board's actually looking at this. So, now, yeah, they may or may not be looking at this. I'm not putting words in their mouths. But, yeah, they did hint at it that this could be a possibility. So, very interesting stuff. And, um, yeah, we'll be watching this with interest. So, yeah, our competition format could change here in the UK. We are seeing changes to the World Solo Drumming Championships, so postponed to December. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep a track of that. It's very interesting news. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Because, yeah, that will be definitely a developing story through the summer months. And who knows, come September, October time, our competition world can look completely different. Yeah. Okay, speaking of competition world, I have to say the Competitive Pipers Association uh, read out their results. Yes, they had their results of their C grade. And um, I have to say, a huge congratulations to Bradley Parker, who came out on top of both the Peabrook and the MSR. Uh, Just absolutely fantastic. So there you are. Yeah, just by way of a shameless plug. Yeah. (laughs) Bradley Parker lifting the Peabrook and the MSR at the C grade at the CPA Online Championships. Absolutely brilliant. Now, whether we'll actually get to see any video from this, we don't know. Um, But, yeah, we do know that the CPA are still continuing with their online competitions. And this is just one particular grade. And Bradley was extremely successful. Yes, lifting both. So, well done to Bradley. And to everybody else, you know, because I would be accused of reading a hashtag list. Yeah, so well done, Bradley. Speaking of results and everything, yeah, shout-out goes to Cooper Angus Pipe Band, which we're going to be talking about in Topic of the Week this week. Yeah, they announced all the winners of their online competition there this on July 6th. And I have to say, before we get into the Topic of the Week, I have to say a massive congratulations to everyone there at Cooper Angus Pipe Band. What an outstanding competition it was. So well ran. The administration of such a thing, honestly, is a logistical nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> they had so many categories. They had to, yeah, coordinate all their entries, get everybody a crit sheet. Get a, it was, yeah, a logistical nightmare. But honestly, these guys were so professional and ran this competition without a hitch. So yeah, congratulations to the guys at Cooper Angus. What an incredible competition! And if anything, I was honoured to be a part of it as a judge. And you'll hear all about my experience later on. 
Um, but honestly, uh, not just in my own categories that I was judging, but listening to other judges as we were, you know, just talking about the competition in general and how it was going, they were all saying that in every category, the standard was ridiculous. It was really high in all grades. Uh, so I have to agree with that. In my categories as well, that I was judging standards, again, were very, very high and made my job very difficult, which you'll probably have a laugh about in this week's topic of the week. So, yeah, congratulations, Cooper Angus. And they did hint at it that possibly they'll be running another competition like this next year. Now, they did also hint at the possibility that it may not be online. If we can meet again and we can actually comp- you know, have competitions in person, then they may actually hold a live event, you know, where people can come to a venue and compete. That would be interesting. So, yeah, shout out to Cooper Angus. Uh, Looking forward to seeing what the future holds there, guys. Awesome stuff. All right. I did mention on last week's podcast that our own radio station, Fuse FM Balamoney, have extended their license for another five years. Well, they've now made it official. We did see an official uh, statement from them on their social media account over the course of last week and saying that they're now going to be broadcasting into 2025. And again, I just wanted to give another mention on this week's podcast because we're just so stoked to still be continuing there on Fuse. We were actually looking to see how long we've been on Fuse FM. And I think it's been over 10 years now. We've been broadcasting live every week two hours of piping goodness every week on fuse and we just absolutely love it for those guys out there who have never heard our fuse fm radio show that's where the rab show got started and honestly you should really go and check it out sometimes it's a laugh a minute sometimes it's not you know it's a bit of a mix but honestly over there is where we get to play some of our best music some of our favorite music and even some new music as well. And yeah, we I think this past week we played some new music from Xavier Bordeaux's album, Lame. Uh, plus we managed to play this next track actually. What I'm going to drop into this week's podcast. Yeah, do you like that? Yeah, we actually played a little bit of a... Well, we played the entire thing. But in this podcast we're going to play a little clip of it. Uh, local band here in Northern Ireland who are well known in Ulster Scott circles. Uh, yeah, Pure Blarney. Yes, those guys have released a brand new single and those of you who know them well enough, I suppose a lot of you will here in Northern Ireland, as soon as I mention them you go, oh yeah, that's Andy McGregor and co, basically, for us piping fans. So Andy and the guys released a brand new single called Farewell to Govan and honestly, it's fantastic and it's a bit of a precursor actually to a load of new music that Pure Blarney will be releasing in the near future. A lot of it's available on Spotify at the moment. And so you can go and have a listen to Pure Blarney on Spotify, where a lot of their new tunes are up there. So well worth checking out. So what am I talking about? Well, I figured, yeah, I'll play a little clip of it. So here's Pure Blarney and a little clip of their new single. Yeah, Farewell to Govan.
guys at Pure Blarney there, and that was their brand new single. Yeah. So you can go and listen to that now. It's available on Spotify. Like I say, just type it in. Pure Blarney, and you'll find them. Absolutely class. A lot of you guys out there, I'm sure you already know all of this. It's probably old news here in Northern Ireland, actually. Uh, but I'm sure internationally, to introduce you guys to Pure Blarney and a lot of their music, um, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Shout out to Andy McGregor and the rest of the guys. They're a cracking band who play quite regularly on the scene here in Northern Ireland. So it's just great to be able to give them some support. So a cracking tune, no doubt. Okay, flying on. Ourselves on the Big Rab Show team are having a little bit of a giveaway. Yes, on our social media, you might have caught this. We actually have a signed copy of Kyle Warren's new book. Yeah, remember we were telling you about Kyle's new book? Well, it's uh, it's pegged for release now in early August. Of course, it's called Eat, Sleep, Pipe, Repeat. And uh, I've had a good look through this book now. I've actually got an advanced copy. And hopefully we'll be doing a review of it here on the podcast. But honestly, guys, it's an absolutely amazing collection of tunes. And, you know, now that I'm kind of learning how to read pipe music and stuff, and, you know, this is, gives me a lot of stuff to get my teeth into. Some big tunes in here, but also some traditional tunes that have been rearranged. So definitely a very interesting collection from Kyle. So, yeah, we have a giveaway happening right now on our Big Rab Show Facebook page. The closing date for which is July 27th, so you can still enter right now if you're listening to the podcast this week. So, yeah, you can, you can pre-order your copy, however. Go to kylewarrenbagpipes.com if you want to guarantee your copy, or you can try and win a free copy, well, which is signed by Kyle himself as well. A signed copy! Woo! All you have to do is do all your usual Facebooky stuff, you know, like the post, tag three mates and share it, and then you'll be entered into our prize draw. Yeah, and then we'll, our name will just be drawn at random, and we'll announce the winner live on our Facebook page on the 28th. So good luck, everyone, and trust me, this is a book that you will not want to miss, uh, because basically it's full of brand new compositions, but yeah. And one tune that really caught my eye actually was... Uh, I think it was a Chris Armstrong had a tune in there and it's been rearranged. Oh, I don't want to spoil it, but honestly, it just looked incredible. And I'm a bit of a fan of Chris Armstrong's compositions. And to see that he had a tune in there, but it was rearranged by Kyle, really caught my attention. So, hmm, spoiler, but <laughs> honestly, th- this collection of tunes uh, is, yeah, fantastic. And if you want to, you can pre-order it now. KyleWarrenBagpipes.com. Pre-order it. You can guarantee a copy. But if you want a free signed copy, then enter our online competition. There you are. Oh. Okay, I want to give a shout to Ravara Pipe Bands, who actually held a little bit of an outdoor practice. Go on, Ravara! Yeah, they actually uploaded a photograph to social media of their drum corps sitting outside in the freezing cold Northern Ireland with dark clouds all around them, but playing on drum pads. So shout out to Matthew Shaw and everyone there, the guys at Ravara. That's dedication for you. Uh, but if anything, it's been really heartwarming to see. A lot of pipe bands recently, especially here in Northern Ireland in the UK, are now all starting to gather and have band practices outdoors. Obviously, they're all remaining socially distant and washing their hands and, you know, being safe. Uh, so, which is good to see also. So, guys, as much as it's awesome to rush back to band practice, please do keep in mind COVID-19 is still a thing and we do need to still maintain our social distance and all of that so please be safe guys but yeah go out there play music to your heart's content honestly it's fantastic to see all right i want to give a plug this week to kyle howe kyle 
Yeah, absolute legend. Now, I've been a, f- a fan of Kyle now for quite a while. He has an awesome YouTube channel, which I watch whenever I can. He has vlogs in there. He's covered a lot of his personal piping journey. And this last while, he's been recording tunes on the Blair Digital Chanter. And um, they've been absolutely outstanding. Some of them, you know, with full three-part harmonies and things are very complex. Uh, so Kyle has been knocking it out of the park over there on YouTube. And I just wanted to give him a plug this week because, honestly, I have really enjoyed his content over this past week. And there's been tons of great piping stuff over there from Kyle. Um, so anyone's a fan of um, modern-day complex piping with really intricate harmony work and stuff, go and check out Kyle Howe, of course, on YouTube absolutely awesome i've really enjoyed it so that's a shameless plug kyle but i don't care honestly a massive fan of your youtube channel and who knows i'm have to get kyle on sometime yeah yeah i don't know show of hands should we get kyle on the show i think we should definitely it'd be worth worth chatting to anyway let's move on shout out to st joseph's pipe band yeah now i did mention that they've got a brand new set of shiny premier drums and uh, at the time of recording i didn't actually get to see the color of them or how they look well yeah, they've been plastered all over social media this past week because, uh, honestly, I think I can say this without a word of a lie. This is drum pornography. <laughs> <laughs> you drummers out there know what I'm talking about. The look of these drums, man, that St. Joseph's got are incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's honestly heartbreaking stuff that we're not going to get to see them in person this season. But, Wow. I have to say, wow. Yeah, Stephen Crichton, of course, lead tipper of St. Lawrence, actually had some photographs up on social media over the course of the weekend uh, because he's obviously been helping the band set up their new drums and everything. Um, Yeah, they are Ruby Sparkle Lacquer. And they're outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And yeah, they have diamond chrome hardware as well, which really sets off that Ruby Sparkle you know, shells on them, they just look incredible. So, yeah, shout out to St. Joseph's. Enjoy your new toys, guys. Honestly, they look amazing. And we all know that Premier drums sound incredible. So, yeah, we dare say you could have every success with these. Of course, they're using the Evans Black drum heads as well, uh, which I think were previously used by St. Lawrence at Tools. So we know that they can be, you know, quite a productive drum head when it comes to sound. So, yeah, awesome stuff. We can't wait to see these in person along with the uniform and everything, just to see how it sets them off. Ah, fantastic stuff. So well done. Yeah, I'm dead excited to see St. Joseph's on the grass with these new drums, man. Very exciting stuff. All right, I want to give a shout to PipesDrums.com, Mr. Andrew Burtoff. Andrew, legend. Yeah, Uh, he actually released a bit of a video over the course of the weekend on the 4th of July. Yeah, happy Independence Day, everyone in the US. I forgot to mention that. Uh, Yeah, he released a video interview with the legend himself, Dr. Richard Parks, MBE, which was absolutely fascinating because actually Richard spoke at length about Frank Andrews and his influence on the sound of Field Marshal and all of that. And now what Field Marshal will be doing now that the late Frank Andrews is no longer with us. Um, it's absolutely a fascinating interview with uh, Richard Parks. And yeah, I honestly want to point you in that direction if you're a Field Marshal fan at all, or if you're fascinated with how Field Marshal get their sound or any of that, go and check that out. Pipestrums.com. Uh, they have the video up on their YouTube channel as well. But honestly, it's an incredible interview and well worth checking out for Field Marshal fans. But even if you're not a Field Marshal fan, 
you know, it gives you a bit of an insight into the field marshal machine, and it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, so there you go. Yes, I have to give a bit of a mention to a little bit of a drumming legend. <laughs> yes, he was a formal, uh, a former lead drummer with the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, am I giving you any hint yet? Mm. He was also a former member of the Fife Police Pipe Band. Am I giving you a bit of a hint yet? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about Craig Baxter. <laughs> of course, he's an incredible boron player of note now at the moment. He's heavily involved in the Celtic and folk music scene. Um, but yeah, he was a former lead tipper of the National Youth Pipe Band of Scotland. Plus, he was a member of Fife Polis. Well, now he's actually offering online lessons. Skype, Zoom, FaceTime, all that sort of stuff. And he's been teaching both snare drum and boron. Now, this... Is really quite unique because I do know a lot of pipe band snare drummers who would love to take their hands to the boron but don't know how. Now, Craig obviously has been involved heavily in the Celtic and folk music scene, has been playing in a lot of reputable bands over this last number of years. So to have this chance to learn with one of the best in the game, that's an incredible opportunity. So if you are interested, you can email him. Uh, craigbaxter14 at hotmail.com so there you are just email them and tick up that opportunity because trust me that's a cracker all right i wanted to give a shout this week to uddingston strathclyde pipe band and they've been a bit of an announcement saying that they're going to be launching a brand new grade three band what yep a brand new grade three band now this is to complement their existing grade two and their existing grade four band so now uddingston have enough people to form three different bands. Simply amazing. Now, they did give us a full press release on why they're launching a new band and everything. So they're now actively looking for a lead tipper. They're looking for members to form both the pipers and drummers. So they're looking to fill the ranks for a brand new Grade 3 band. So if you are interested, you can email them, of course. Uh, You have all of their contact details available on their social media. Or you can email their lead tipper, Grant Cassidy, or their pipe major, Al Minty. Yeah, there's so many different ways to get in contact with them. If you are interested in filling the ranks there at the Grade 3 Band at Uddingston, go check it out, tick up the challenge. This is very exciting news from Uddingston to see. The piping, obviously, is very, very, I don't know, vibrant in that area, you know? With the creation of three bands from the one band hall, you know what I mean? That very rarely happens. So this is outstanding and honestly a very exciting opportunity for a lot of people who want to lift the sticks or the chanter for that matter in grade 3. So there you are. Go and check that out. Hmm. Alright. I did say that I was going to mention the RSPBA again. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Let's get into the RSPBA again. Now, we did mention that if there was any news that came from the AGM, that we would bring it to you guys. Well, there has been some news. Let's just say that. Uh, For those of you who are interested, you can read the minutes of the meeting. The full minutes are available on the RSPBA website. And if anything, we commend them for this. They were very quick in publishing these. I think they were actually up the next day. Uh, following the meeting so hey kudos if anything it took us a bit of time in the rab show to actually process these read them digest what they actually mean um so yeah there's a very lot of interesting tip bits in here and there's a couple of highlights that i really wanted to bring to you guys but honestly for the full story you guys can go read the minutes yourselves they're up there in the rspba site right now and you guys can yeah draw your own conclusions that's going to be a catchphrase on this show right now i think i'm going to get a t-shirt with that on it <laughs> 
<laughs> Hashtag draw your own conclusions. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to bring to attention particularly the question and answer section. Now, this was obviously going to be the hotbed for activity where bands had to submit questions to be prior approved. Now, there were seven questions in total that actually made it to the meeting. And the answers to these questions obviously have fueled more questions. <clears throat> yeah, looking at question number three, I'll read it verbatim and then you guys can draw your own conclusions. Question three, with regards to band membership fees for this year, due to the ongoing situation and the fact that there have been no RSPBA band activities or competitions, will these fees be carried over to next year for all the bands who have paid for this year? Mm, and the answer that we got back was really interesting. The answer came back from the association saying the band membership fees cover a small percentage of the basic running costs of the association and have already been utilised to support it through the initial period of COVID-19 restriction. So your money's gone. It will therefore not be possible to refund this year's registration fees. Now, there hasn't been much talk about this online. I did see some commentary and stuff from the likes of Scott Curry and a few other people online as well who did raise this as a possible bone of contention and saying, hey, look, you guys have paid your registration fees for the year and um, uh, you're not getting them back, basically. Um, yeah, there's no competition season. Yeah, um, you know, we're not actually running any events or anything like that. But your money's gone and you're not getting it back, basically. Um, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Yeah, which I do hope in future we will actually get an answer to. But I think now the money's been spent. That's it. You know, it's gone. So, yikes. Um, moving swiftly on. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I question from one of our band members. This was question seven. Uh, it was bringing up the rear of the meeting, which actually ended it in a bit of a low note. Um, how do you intend to reduce the large deficit, given that the pandemic has meant it cannot rebuild in its unrestricted reserves this year? Uh, also, is it true that it plans to sell the headquarters in Glasgow City to Glasgow City Council? And to lease it back again. Yes, this was actually rumoured for quite a while that the plan was to refurb the headquarters and then sell it off. And then the money that you would get from the sale would actually keep the you know the whole association afloat. Um, but we, our answer that we got back saying, as can be seen from our annual accounts, the association does not have a funding deficit. The focus of the association in 2020 is to utilise what funding is available to service basic requirements and the paying of regular utility and service bills, wages and preparing the organisation for the 2021 season. We can category, categorically state that there has never been any consideration to sell the building to Glasgow City Council or anyone else and lease it back again. The reason that the board of directors made the decision to proceed with the investment and the refurbishment was to secure the future of the association and not to achieve short-term financial gain. Hmm. There you have it. So that was a very interesting response, I feel, and... Yeah, they're pegging this as a long-term investment. And 
I do see that. I can honestly see that it is a long-term investment because this building now, honestly, is up to code and can be used now for generations, you know. Uh, obviously, it sat there in disrepair for a long time and it did need a bit of TLC. So seeing this now, honestly, is a bit of positive news, I feel. But I do have my reservations still about the financial situation of RSPBA. We've just seen it there that members who have paid their fees for the year and the expectancy that the competition season will be happening, uh, they're gone. And yeah, there's no competition season, but pff, your money's gone. Um, we can't pay you back. So what did you pay your registration fee for? Um, good question. But um, yeah, you're not getting your dough back. Sorry, guys. See you next year. Pay your fees next year and register, of course. Right, moving swiftly on. Moving away from that. But like I said, go and check out the the full minutes are up there, all the Q&As, everything. There's just a couple of little highlights, I think. But there's also a lot of other personal highlights in there that you guys should really pay attention to. Um, it's a very interesting developing situation there with our piping world. But you know what? I'm sick talking about it. So go have a look at it yourself and draw your own conclusions. That's a hashtag right now, I think. <laughs> All right, shout out to the High Life Highland uh, Young Musicians. Yeah, they've actually been holding a bit of an online competition in this last while. So yes, they have an online social media page plus a YouTube channel. And they ran an online competition for youngsters, which was awesome. Starting out at primary three and primary up to primary five. Practice chanter all the way up to, I think it was under 15s. Yeah, or 15 plus Peabrook, I think was the highest grade available. So absolutely awesome and i have to say congratulations to everybody involved there was a lot of schools actually involved in this shout out to Ullapool high school and portry high school as well a lot of you guys were there uh we also had Lockharn primary as well yes so yeah just to mention a few of the schools that are involved so yeah for those of you who are interested you can check out the youtube channel from the highland young musicians and yeah they have performances up there of all the kiddos uh doing their thing so well worth a shout another online competition well ran Fantastic stuff. I have to give a mention to Akatabui Bagpipe Specialists, which is still not easy to say, because they actually had a bit of exciting news. Well, number one, they are back, full-time posting orders from their store. Yes! Now, that's all sorts of awesome. I think we did mention it last week, actually, to say that they're now back in action. Following lockdown and everything, they're now fully back in business. Uh, So that's awesome to see that a lot of their orders are now being fulfilled and being shipped out everywhere across the world. Absolutely awesome. Uh, But also, I have to give a mention, because they have launched a brand new product, actually, in all of us. Yeah, shout out to Gary Nemo, of course. He has released a brand new tutor book. Yeah, it's called the Actabui Bagpipe Specialist Bagpipe Tutor. As that's what you would call it, of course. Um, so, yeah, it's a brand new tutor book written by Gary himself. And it encapsulates his 20 years of, ex- you know, of experience and successful education and training uh, from pupils, right? The way up from practice chanter on to Highland Pipes. So, yeah, this book apparently is the it displays a brand new modern approach to piping. Um, so definitely going to be worth checking out for those who are wanting to pick up the instrument for the first time. It might be worthwhile for some actual tutors to get their hands on this too and perhaps give it to their students. So for more information, of course, you can uh, either message Gary Nemo directly or you can contact Akatabui Bagpipe Specialists. Uh, on their social media and they can hook you up or you can check out their website of course it's available on there for sale as well awesome stuff it would be quite an interesting resource actually for a lot of tutors online people as such so yeah definitely worth checking out so there you are a shameless plug but a plug no doubt because my show (laughs) 
All right, guys. I think that's pretty much it for the piping news this week. Like I said, it's been a busy week again. And uh, tons of stuff happening. And one of the biggest things that happened to me over the past few weeks uh, was I had a clipboard in my hand. I was a judge. I was a judge. Yeah, some people would say I joined the dark side. But yeah, I was a judge. And yeah, that's this week's topic of the week. Talking all about my experiences. But first of all, yeah, it's about time. I'll go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full line of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, then they can help you with a full custom design from Andante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper will also be distributing the latest Axial line from the British Drum Company. If you have any questions about any of the major brands they carry, you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. The British Drum Company is a young player in the drumming world that has established its reputation as a manufacturer of exceptional drum kits and it's now turning its attention to the bagpiping world. The world of pipe band drumming is represented by the Axial Range. Launched in August 2019 with innovative features developed alongside British Drum Co. International Marching Specialist Jim Kilpatrick, MBE. The stunning Axial Range was then selected by the Grade 1 Drum Corps of Glasgow Police Pipe Band for the 2020 season. British Drum Co. drums are all handmade, made by craftsmen in Stockport in the UK. The build quality and attention to every detail is second to none, contributing to British Drum Co.'s reputation as artisan makers of some of the finest drums available today. These drums are available only through approved British Drum Co. specialist dealers. For more information on all British Drum Co. products, please visit BritishDrumCo.com or follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. The British Drum Company. Look amazing, sound amazing, feel amazing. A1 Embroidery and Printing. Producing some merchandise for some of the top bands in the piping game, such as Phil Marshall Montgomery, St. Lawrence Atul, and ourselves, The Big Rab Show. For all of your embroidery and printing needs, they have some extremely high-quality garments, such as hats, beanies, t-shirts, hoodies, soft-shell jackets, you name it, they can print it. If your band is on the lookout for some exclusive merchandise offers, then contact them direct on their social media, A1 Embroidery and Printing. Check them out on Facebook. A1 Embroidery and Printing. If you can think it, they can print it. Hi, this is Ross Ainsley, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Ah, yes. The best cup of tea you have in the week is just before topic of the week time. And you know, actually, I got settled in the house, as they say here in Northern Ireland. I went in, made myself a cup of tea, and then sat down on the sofa, and sat and drank my tea and was watching the news there, and then forgot, oh God, I have a podcast to do. (laughs) 
completely forgot about topic of the week. So I'm kind of glad I remembered. So I came back to record <laughs> topic of the week. Uh, so yeah, this week's topic of the week is all about me turning to the dark side. Yes, I was a judge. I know. And uh, I have to say a massive, massive thank you to the guys at Cooper Angus Pipe Band for such an opportunity. Honestly, whenever they asked me, um, hey, Rab, can, do you want to be a judge in our competition? Um, my first reaction was, uh, what, me? A judge? What? <laughs> um, sure, me? Seriously? And once we got past that stage of, uh, no, it's not a joke, we want you to be a judge. <laughs> once we got past that, then, hey, I just welcomed it with open arms. Because I thought to myself... What an awesome opportunity this will be to kind of learn from a judging perspective. Do you know what I mean? I've been a player now forever, for as long as I can remember. And yeah, now to get this opportunity to actually hold a clipboard, what an opportunity. So many people don't get this chance. And honestly, I can't thank the guys at Cooper Angus enough. I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Although it did have its stresses, not going to lie, it wasn't without its challenges. Um, but yeah, what an experience. And I figured I'd bring it to you guys because it was kind of a weird process having to put my player brain into a judging mindset. It was quite odd, to be honest. So yeah, I kind of set about it methodically. Um, the way it all was organized, we all had our own different categories. In my case, I had three categories to judge. I had the 12 and under March, I had the 12 and under Strasbe and Real, and then I also had the 15 and under Strasbe and Real. And uh, so I had three different categories, and you talk about a level of playing and ability that was in there. Simply incredible. These kids. Oh, I don't know, man. If I was that age and I was playing that well as some of these get kids in them categories, man, I would be so happy. <laughs> oh, should have heard me when I was a youngster. Maybe not the brightest, but oh, jakers. I still don't know to this day how I was playing in grade two at age nine, but hey, that still doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, it happens. Um, so, yeah, my whole experience of this was... Yeah, a huge eye-opener because myself as a drummer and a possible competitor in the future, I wouldn't mind taking part in some of these online events actually just to see how I go, you know, test my skills to see if I'm still able to play. And being able to look at it now from a judge's perspective has really thrown a new light on this. So I figured I'd bring you some advice or some of my tips actually that I've learned from a judging perspective at what your judge could possibly be looking for when they're watching your online performance. Yeah. Now straight out the door i treated this with the utmost respect i actually set aside time uh, to sit in the house with actual pen and paper and headphones and uninterrupted time to actually dedicate to this i had 35 36 performances something like that to listen to and honestly it took me a number of days i'm not gonna lie i didn't do it all in one sitting it just wasn't possible. And that's the big thing that I took away from this. Um, I judged my first category, which is the 12 and under March. And that was 20, 23, 24 performances, something like that. I can't remember the exact numbers now. But it was the bulk of the performances that I had to judge. And I tried to do all of that in one sitting. And after five and a half hours later, I was nowhere near the teens 
I just about got myself through the initial 10 to 12 performances and I thought to myself, this is going so slow, what's wrong with me? And the reason why I was thinking this is because on the day of an actual competition, you have a drumming judge either sitting there at a table at a solo event or actually walking in and standing behind drum corps and they have one chance, they have one listen to your performance and they have one opportunity to write their thoughts down in lightning quick speed, (laughs) you know, and scribble it all down as fast as they possibly can, allocate you a score or possibly even a placing based on what they've just heard and then in comes the next performance right behind them. And that's one thing that I really took from this experience. With me being a judge of an online competition, I had the luxury of time. I could make myself a cup of tea and sit down and watch, you know, performance number one. And then I could maybe say to myself, well, did I hear what I thought I heard? You know, I had scribbled down my initial thoughts and then actually pressed play again. And I had a second listen through. I thought, well, yeah, I did hear this and I did hear that. And yeah, I'll make a note of this, make a note of that and, you know, break it all down. And then I thought, I'm still not confident with this. You know, I'm still not 100% and I don't want to be writing anything on the sheet that was wrong or false or, you know, anything like that. So, again, I have to admit, I hit play again. And I must must have watched at least every performance at the very, (laughs) at least twice, possibly even more than that. Um, I did my best to try and do it on a one go, one sheet, that's it. But honestly, I couldn't do it like that. I had to, because I think I was so doubtful of myself, I haven't actually had proper judging training, you know, where you know exactly the points to listen to and then you make your notes accordingly and do what the guys do on the competition field, you know, just sheet done, perfect, file it away, next band. I just don't know how they do it. And in some grades, especially at the Worlds, like you see grade 4A, 4B, 3A, 3B, they can be up bands upwards of 30 bands, you know, in the entire grade. And it's just insane how a judge can listen to that many performances and actually manage to critique every band, give them pointers on everything that they've just heard, and then allocate them placings accordingly. That kind of a workload... On one person is incredible. And honestly, now having taken this opportunity to judge this online competition, my workload was nothing compared to what the guys have to go through on the day of an event. Who have to have all of these performances listened to, critiqued accurately, and then placed accurately to the best of that judge's ability. And have it all in by the end of the day for the results to be read out correctly, you know. So much pressure. Honestly. And this is one thing that I've really wanted to put across. That I have an absolute newfound respect for what our judges do. You talk about pressure. I've spoke about this before. About being a judge in grade 1, grade 2 or whatever. You know, some of the ultra competitive grades where the margins are so close. um, You know, where every performance that comes through is just blistering. And it's so difficult to separate bands. Um, just how does a judge do it? That is a sense of pressure that a, you know a judge is under some real, you know, <laughs> kind of you're under the magnifying glass of the general public, you know. So that in itself is a pressure, but also the sheer volume of administration and workload that they have to produce in a day is insane. 
And honestly, I have a newfound respect for judges uh, because I took advantage of my time. Um, I allocated a day to do this. It actually took me, I think it was a grand total of three days to do this. Um, And I took hours over it. I poured over every performance. I hit replay a few times on every one. And yeah, whether that was the right thing to do or not, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I wasn't allowed to. But I'll hold my hand up. I did hit replay on these recordings. I'm not a qualified judge. (laughs) But I do like to think that, you know, I can give some sort of a critique because I do have some sort of a body of experience in competitive piping and drumming. Uh, So, yeah, I did hope, I I took pride in the stuff that I was putting on my sheets. Uh, That's what I'm going to talk about next, what I actually put on the crit sheets. Uh, But that's one of the things I wanted to get out the door is my total respect for judging what those guys do on a weekend insane i didn't really have an appreciation for it before you know we always kind of laugh and joke with judges of cloth ears and who are they listening to that kind of thing uh, but honestly when you're listening to 20 plus bands in one afternoon in a rainy dumbarton somewhere <laughs> do you know what i mean it's lashing out of the heavens and here comes band number 24 here we go another msr lads whoopee you know what i mean it's bound to drag and if anything maintaining that concentration from a judging point of view incredibly difficult so yeah they have a new level of respect from me but also i was able to hit replay you know these guys do it in one listen one listen through and they have to pick out everything and it's not just one drummer they're listening to they could be listening to an entire core uh and and my respect i was listening to solo drummers um but especially for piping judges as well they're listening to the whole pipe core rather than just one piper very difficult. So I honestly don't know how the judging training operates, whether they teach you how to do this. I'm sure they do, you know, um, but fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So let's get on to my crit sheets, actually, the actual meat and bones, the meat and potatoes of it. Um, so, yeah, whenever I was writing these crit sheets, I had to remind myself that the categories that I was looking at was of a certain level. I was judging 12 and under, and I was judging 15 and under. So I didn't want to be extremely critical of every fault, every mistake, every slight slip, everything. You know, I had to remind myself that I wasn't listening to the world solo drumming in the open grade or the grade one. I was actually listening to, uh, you know, a certain level. So most of the stuff that I put on my sheets... I did want it to be seen as positive affirmation. I was kind of telling them what they were doing right, you know, and I was saying, well, this part sounded great or, you know, you were really playing well here, you know, positive things to kind of give them a lift, you know, because as well as taking part in a competition for any of us, adults and children aside, it can be a scary experience. It can be nerve wracking. So you don't want your crit sheet to just be telling you how terrible you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, because, yes, you know, there's slips, there's little mistakes, of course. Uh, but you don't want to kind of hang on that and say, look, you made a mistake here. The whole thing's rubbish. Pack your sticks up. Go home. No, you had to give kind of positive affirmation to say, look, you're playing well here. And, you know, things are going well and all of that. So positive affirmation, reinforcing the positive, I think, throughout uh, to kind of encourage the youngsters to think, well, you know, maybe it wasn't all terrible. And I did actually play some recent music here. And I have to be honest, a lot of the standard in all the three categories I had, sky high, honestly. And the kids were playing out of their skin, man. They were really, really good. So that bit was easy. Given the positive part of it, very easy. Um, I found that bit very simple uh, because a lot of the kids that were taking part were incredible. 
Um, whenever I did have to levy criticism and I did have to tell them, or perhaps you're pulling tempos here or your open work's a little rough there or you know, you're know you maybe not controlling that the way you should be, stuff like that where I had to be critical of their performance and actually say to them, this is what you could improve here. You know, the certain things that aren't going right and, you know, could get better. That's whenever I approached it from the point of view of development. This was something that, you know, I was given to the competitor and saying, this could be better. You know, here it is. This happens. And don't worry. It's not the end of the world. But just to make you aware, have a listen to your own run. And this is what I noticed. And if you have a listen to it, you might notice it too. And that you could maybe see the reasoning behind it. Um, I was very careful with the criticism that I levied on there. I did. That's why I hit the replay button a few times on some of the performances because I did second guess myself, thinking, "Well, did I really hear that? Was there a slip there? Was the tempo starting to slip, or was it pushing a bit there?" So I really had the luxury of that replay button. You know, if I was a judge standing in the field, I wouldn't have that. You know, you you wouldn't be able to second guess yourself like that. Um, so yeah, my criticism, I was honestly, again, with that phrase of positive affirmation, we did, I, I approached it saying, look, this is something's not going great. Your technique's not up to scratch here. And this is why you're possibly pulling the tempo a little bit, or perhaps your phrasing isn't right here. And you're not kind of swaying with the music and the tune, all of that sort of stuff. I tried to, to say to them what was going wrong and why it was going wrong. You know what I mean? And kind of give them something to work on. And if anything, as a drummer myself, whenever I get a crit sheet from a judge, if I ever see a judge's sheet which says, everything's great, everything's great, everything's great, everything's great, and your band comes flat last, you do wonder to yourself, well, how the heck did I come last if everything was great? That doesn't make sense. Uh, For many years, and I was lead tipper of Queen Queen Memorial, I I was told my drum scores at the time for the Quinn were great and we were winning prizes all around us. Then we would get upgraded. We would change our scores and everything. And then the drumming judges would come and judge us again and we'd get crit sheets and everything saying, yeah, brilliant, everything's going great, lads. And the core would be you know, around the bottom two, bottom three in the grade every week. And you would think to yourself... Well, the, the drumming judges are telling me here that there's no problems. But why are we coming so far down, you know? And, yeah, it kind of made me think as a player that if I ever was a judge with the clipboard, I would like something to work on. If a drumming judge was to tell me, look, your rolls are ragged here, your rolls are pulsated, maybe they're just not together, or maybe, you know, a certain side of the core is pushing while the other core, the other side of the core is pulling and the two are fighting against each other. Or perhaps your tenor work's not good enough and, you know, not playing enough or maybe flourishing too much. Or, you know, your bass is too dominant or too quiet or anything. But just need something to work on. And that's what I tried to give these kids here. I tried to buoy them up, obviously, by telling them, look, here's all the things that are going great. Here's all the things that are, could be improved. Mm, you know, yeah, maybe not the best. And here's what you can do to possibly fix it. And here's why I think it needs fixed. All that sort of stuff. But again, trying to approach it from a positive point of view to give them something to work on. Because once they get their crit sheet and they see their overall placing, they'll be asking questions. Well, if everything's great, then why am I placed here? You know, if you don't win and if everything's magic, well, then why didn't I win? So that's, you know, it's a difficult puzzle to solve, to solve, to solve. <laughs> um, so that also what I had to keep in mind that a lot of these young kids that I was judging as part of this competition are 
our next generation of players. They are our future prospect, you know, world champion players in here. These kids playing at, you know, under 12 and under 15, they are the next generation of pipers and drummers and all the rest. And if I sweep in there with a clipboard and pen and absolutely zap all of their confidence and just say, everything you're doing right now is absolutely terrible. Put the sticks down, never lift them again. I couldn't live with myself. So I had to be critical, tell them what was going wrong, but also keep in mind that anytime I'm being critical, I have to be accurate. I can't just be making stuff up and just say, well, I thought I heard you play a clip role there and your flam fives were crushed. And you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. You're nowhere near the music and all that. Just forget about it. I had to approach it from the point of view that these guys are our future. They have to get a crit sheet that they can work on so then the next time they enter a competition they could be better and that's how i approached it whether that's the right thing to do or not i don't know but me as a player that's what i would want so that's what it did um so also whenever i was looking at judging i found that the standard was ridiculously high on all the categories i did say this and i'm not just paying lip service and all the rest to say oh everyone's great honestly in those categories i was given i was surprised I was expecting, you know, maybe not the best plan by a lot of the, you know, entries. But honestly, every entry I got, the standard was very high. And anyone who entered the competition took time to practice and actually, you know, play a real good run. And, you know, I could tell that, you know, a lot of the performances that were filmed, this was maybe take 15 (laughs) on some of them. You know, some looked absolutely just, oh, get this over with. And then, yeah, you know, they could, you could tell they were pleased when it was finished because they had a good run, no mistakes, and that's the one. That's the one. Send it, send it, send it. You know, so yeah, <laughs> I can absolutely tell. And uh, that's one of the things that came across is that how was it going to split them? You know, if it's not down to just sheer mistakes, how do you split performances if there's no mistakes? And that's one thing that I found incredibly difficult, possibly the most difficult. And this is what where the intangible, immeasurable bits comes into what we do in competitive piping and drumming. It's down to personal preference. I did try and judge it on, like I just said, you know, actual functional music and obeying tempos, actually playing to the end of the bar, making sure your movements are correct, ensuring that you had the correct technique as well, and not just playing things that sounded like movements, but were actual movements. Does that make sense? In drumming, sometimes we can play things that sound like it, but aren't actually it. Does that make sense? I'm sure all the drummers out there are nodding their heads right now. Piper's yeah, you don't think you, you can't really get away with that on bagpipes. You know, if you're going to play a throw on D, then that's what it is. You can't really fake it and play something else. But for drummers, if we're going to play a left hand paradiddle, it has to be a left hand paradiddle, and you actually finish on your left hand. You can't play a left hand paradiddle and finish on your right hand. Does that make sense? All the drummers are going, yep, yep, we know what you're talking about. So you're, you know, you're judging technique and your actual understanding of the music as well. Drummers are very rhythmical and strasbays have a very specific rhythm to them and if they're not played with the loud weak medium weak a lot of drummers again nodding their heads there is an actual medium to strasbay playing there's a bounce to it there's a dance because a strasbay is a dance and it has to be played with that bouncy loud make medium weak that kind of thing um so if it's not played with that the phrasing goes off and yeah so i was able to judge on their actual understanding 
of the actual tune and also when it comes into the reel playing as well there's a certain swing that you have with some reels you know it has to be played in like a dance kind of fashion you know play it up and all the rest reels kind of reels are reels again they're a dance same with marches as well that can be quite regimented have to be played to the end of the bar i'm judging yeah i'm judging all of these things looking at their technique making sure that that's musically correct and then if i can't break it down from that point of view and then i need to just look at their overall style you know their interpretation of that tune the actual score that they're playing does it suit the tune you know, or, you know, could the piper just be playing any other thing and it doesn't matter. It's just background noise to what the drummer's doing. The drummer actually has to accompany the piper. The score has to complement the music. And in some cases, possibly all of them, the score did. It really suited the tune. It swayed well and, you know, suited the music. In certain cases, some parts were better than others. And sometimes that's where I was able to kind of separate and think, well, perhaps this score's a little bit heavy here. You know, it's not flowing as well as I would like. Uh, you know, or maybe it's, yeah, maybe not enough. Maybe you could attack it more. You know what I mean? Get stuck in there to the elbows by. Give her a Dixie. Uh, but, um, you know, basic overall style and my personal enjoyment of the performance actually came into it. And I think we spoke to, um, I think, Mark Wilson on, I think, an episode of the Rab Show on Fuse FM. And he actually spoke about this. And he said, it's the overall wow factor. He says, you can, you know, get it down to bare bone brass tacks and break it down musically and say it part by part, whether it was correct or incorrect. You know, were you on the time measure? All those stuff I talked about. But then he says, there's the actual bit where you just put the clipboard to your chest and you just listen. He said, and you just listen. And if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. And if not, then you know, it doesn't flow for you. And that's where your own personal interpretation comes into it. And that's where you get your positioning from. And he's quite right, you know, and that's one thing I've learned from this experience as well. All of these kids were obviously technically great and were playing on the money on a lot of different occasions. And so there was times where I just had to set the pen down and just listen, stop writing and just listen to what was being played. And, um, so, yeah, their style, their interpretation of the tunes, their basic, well, my enjoyment of it, first of all, was I tapping my toes along, did I, you know, enjoy it? And obviously, seeing confidence on the performer's face and their kind of overall mannerism, you know what I mean? If they were kind of hunched over their drum and concentrating over every beat, or were they standing tall with their head up and just smiling and saying, this is fun, man. You know what I mean? That kind of does throw a level of confidence your direction as a judge to say, well, yeah, they're enjoying it. So why why am I not enjoying this? Yeah, I should smile too and tap my foot along. And confidence and, you know, that kind of personal portrayal of the performance, I suppose. I'm not being hunched over and, you know, concentrating over every beat, but actually standing up and enjoying it. You know what I mean? There was some drummers I watched uh, through all of this Again, not giving names, but we're standing upright with a big smile on their face. Actually dancing along with the music and really enjoying it the whole way through. And that really stood for a lot, you know. Um, So, yeah, their enjoyment of the performance, their confidence, my own enjoyment of the performance too. These are all kind of immeasurable bits that you couldn't really note down on the sheet. Other than to say... You know, you've played a really good respect here, or your march was brilliant, really loved it. You know, I was able to tap my foot along, and technically brilliant, all this sort of stuff. So, I honestly, 
I found that the immeasurables were difficult to note on a crit sheet, um, but I did find, you know, the language, I think, um, eventually to kind of explain to the performer what I was trying to get across to say, hey, you had a good run there. And I could tell you had a good run because I enjoyed it and it looked like you enjoyed it too. You know, and that's one thing I wanted to put across on the sheet to say, look, hey, I've put these negative things in here to say, well, maybe it could be better. But you seem to have a great run there. And that was a cracking run. And I loved it. And you looked like you loved it too. So, hey, well done. You know. And so, this whole experience has taught me that, yes, for the longest time as a player, I have concentrated on the technical aspects. Making sure that my playing is technically correct. That I'm playing to the end of every phrase, to the end of every bar. And I'm on the tempo with the metronome in my ear. And I'm playing all my movements technically correct and I'm accenting well, I'm crescendoing and using dynamics, all of this sort of stuff. And then there's the immeasurable bit in the room that you just can't put a finger on. And that is the X factor. And I suppose whenever you do look at some of the big drum corps out there, um, the likes of your St. Lawrence Tools, your Inverary's, your Field Marshals, these drum corps are incredible. Their pipe cores are incredible. And how does a judge split them on the day of a competition? To me, honestly, I've always thought it's impossible. You can't do it. There's a hair breadth between them musically and technically. They are brilliant. Their tuning is impeccable. Their execution is just (laughs) exceptional. So how does a judge do it? Well, this is where the immeasurables come in. And it's something I've learned through this experience where you just set the pen down and just listen. As a fan of the music, do you enjoy it? Do you not enjoy it? What do you like? What do you not like? And this is where it gets subjective. And this is what makes our piping games so interesting. Because some drumming judges can be very traditional in their approach. um, Would not like some of the big blistering hornpipes with three or four part harmonies flying in there. You know, with time signature changes and... You know, finishing on a Peabrook reprieve and all of this kind of stuff that we've seen in recent years. Some judges don't like that, but other judges do really like to see bands pushing envelopes. And these are the immeasurable things that you just can't put your finger on. But that's what makes our piping and drumming world, especially our competitive world, that's what makes it tick. You know, and I've said it before in previous podcasts that bands out there prepare every year for the world championships and the first thing they do, the very first thing they do is they wait for that judging allocation to be announced. Now it's normally announced around the tail end of the year before, so it gives you a good six to eight months perhaps to prepare uh, you know, for that competition. So you're looking at that judge and you can say to yourself, well... That person there, yeah, they've had experience and, you know, they've played in this band, that band, that band. They've won this, this, that and on. And perhaps they would be more traditional in their approach or perhaps they would be more progressive. So then bands can actually prep their material ahead of, ahead of time. So in my experience, it's the X factor that does it. And that's what makes this piping game so interesting. And that's one of the intangible things I haven't been able to even bring into words here in the podcast other than throwing the pen down and listen i hope that makes sense (laughs) it probably doesn't make sense at all um but honestly if you can't split a performance uh from a technical aspect being correct or incorrect if there's mistakes there's mistakes you know that's fine but 
overall it's your enjoyment of it and that's i don't know if it's technically the right approach i might have to ask an actual judge about this whether that's the right way to do it but that's how i did it you know whether that's wrong it probably is but that's how i did it anyway um i hope you guys actually kind of i don't know see sense and maybe kind of see that you know and my kind of sense anyway you know my logic to the whole thing I found it an absolutely fascinating experience. I hope it isn't the last time I'll get the opportunity to do this because I did find that after, you know, listening to the first 20, 25 performances, I really kind of got ahead of steam then and I kind of realized, okay, I'm kind of getting used to this now. I know what I should be listening to. I know what I should be listening for, you know, and all of that. I kind of got used to it. I got better at it. I found and actually my crit sheets were coming together quicker I was writing my notes a lot quicker so maybe that's why judges do their dummy runs you know we've seen that before where a judge actually has to judge an entire season um you know as a number two where their scores don't actually get collated at all but their crit sheets get taken and all of that and yeah there's a whole part of their qualification I suppose to be a judge they have all these dummy runs so I suppose that's part of it. You know, you do need experience before you're let loose on that clipboard. So again, I can't thank the guys at Cooper Angus Pipe Band enough. What an incredible experience. One of which I think, honestly, as a player, I'll definitely draw from. Uh, because now I know what judges can be looking for uh, whenever they click play on your video that you send them. Um, so guys... <sighs> I hope that's made some sort of sense to you. That's been my experience of actually lifting the clipboard for the first time. After I got over the initial, oh my God, I don't want to screw this up. Oh, the fear part of it. Uh, once I got over that and actually said, well, okay, let's sit and let's do this. I actually learned so much and a lot of it I'm actually going to bring to my plan, hopefully in the next few years. Uh, yeah, food for thought. There you are, guys. Uh, so, hashtag, draw your own conclusions <laughs> for this week's topic of the week and a lot of her news and such. Uh, to Again, to everyone who's emailed in uh, right at the beginning of the show, I did say a massive thank you to you all. And again, apologies uh, for not reading out every email. We did honestly receive a lot of emails and Facebook messages, tweets and stuff. Thank you, everyone, for all of that. We really do hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. It might not be as entertaining and all of that, you know, like other podcasts are, but we are what we are. We're the Big Rab Show. We do what we can. We turn out two two hours of live radio every week, plus a weekly podcast, plus all our YouTube content, plus all our Patreon stuff, our social media. Yeah, Big Rab Show team are relentless. We're constantly turning out the goodness. So we hope you guys can, yeah continue to support us along the way as we do our best to bring you piping and drumming content each and every week yeah so with that being said if you would like to help support us you can do like i said we have a patreon page you can click on support you don't have to you don't have to but if you'd like to support us and be part of the patreon faithful and get your hands on tons of extra stuff like there's a load of stuff back there in patreon <laughs> Whew, it's so much actually and we're churning it out every week on patreon too just exclusive stuff after exclusive stuff so well worth checking out for five bucks a month you can support the show yeah and get your hands on tons of extra stuff all right guys that's me i am out the door again thank you to everyone who got in contact with us and don't forget check out our youtube channel this weekend actually because yeah we will be dropping the next in our replay series and this time we'll be featuring <clears throat> Remember we mentioned it earlier? Drum majors! 
Yes, we will be featuring the drum majors, the senior drum majors, in fact, from the UK Championships in Lurgan. So that's going to be on our YouTube channel this weekend. One for drum majors definitely to check out uh, because it was quite a challenging competition given the conditions. So, yeah, very difficult. Uh, But, yeah, you guys can go and check that out. That's coming on our YouTube channel this weekend. The, yeah, senior drum majors at the UK Championships. Well worth a look. All right, guys. I am out the door. Thank you so much for downloading this week. Every click of a download means the world. And with every week, we introduce more people to what we do. What we know and love to be the great Highland Bagpipe. Yeah. So, guys, we're out the door. We'll see you here on the Rab Show podcast next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week. And a special thanks to our sponsors, G1 Reads. Played by bands around the world, including our two-time world champions in Vararian District. Don't forget to check out TheBigRabShow.com to be kept up to date on all the latest news and views from around the piping world. Plus, of course, check us out on Patreon and become part of the Patreon faithful. For just $5 a month, get your hands on tons of extra piping goodness. So until next week, folks, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.